He is Todd Erzin. I forgot to hit record. He is Aaron McIntyre. Are you serious? Yeah, we missed the first 30 seconds of the show. Sorry, guys. This has been... Anything going on today? Excellence. Yeah, I mean, is this going on today? Just an important day. Anything, anything happening around here? Anything at all? I mean, I know it's, no, it's Valentine's Day, right? Okay, but I don't even know how we got this show on the air. I mean, I, I, I don't even know how we got this show on the air. So uh, today is a big day. A massive day on this show. One of the biggest we have ever had. Um, first and foremost, our brand new book, Rise of the Fourth Reich, Confronting COVID Fascism with a New Nuremberg Trial, So This Never Happens Again, is officially released today. We have been talking about this book for about a year now. Daniel and I began work on it about a year ago. And it's the most important book I've ever done. And I think it's very likely we'll ever do because when and if they do something like this to us again, this time they'll have their ducks in a row and they won't let people like me and Daniel do to them what we did to them this last time. Now, we don't want to let them do that to us again. And that's what this book is about. And uh, we have incredible endorsements from Glenn Beck, Jesse Kelly, Dr. Peter McCullough, Charlie Kirk. And the book is structured like a mock Nuremberg trial. We wrote it not just for you, but for you to give it to your mayors, your city councils, your governors, your state legislatures, uh, because they're the ones that imposed this tyranny upon us from on high with the edicts from the feds. And they therefore have the power to make it so they can't impose it against us again. And that's why this book was written. It's laid out like a mock Nuremberg trial with an opening and closing statement like in any other trial and witnesses that are all on the record. Nobody's anonymous with, with testimonies that will absolutely wreck you to hear these. And they are testimonies that America needs to hear. And so we are launching this book nationwide today. You can get uh, a copy, Barnes and Noble, uh, Amazon. Uh, you can go to Barnes and Noble to store probably, or do it online at barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. We are very close to what is the traditional threshold to be considered a New York Times bestseller. Um, we're cut just a couple of thousand away when you add in all the pre-sales that we had. So we're going to hit that number. I'm pretty confident in that. What I'm not as confident in is whether the New York Times will choose to acknowledge that or not. They have a tendency when our people write these kinds of books to come up with uh, um, loopholes as to why they don't have to mention them. But here's where you can help, not just if you want to get a copy of the book. And I, I absolutely believe this book has life-changing content. Absolutely. Uh, you can adopt a, a, a politician that you think needs to read a copy of this. The timing of the release here with state legislatures in session, a new Congress has taken over. Not coincidental. We timed it uh, in order to, to influence those legislative bodies and those policymakers for such a time as this. So I was um, supposed to do Glenn Beck's show this morning. Um, apparently, I forgot what my own phone number is. And so they kept trying to call me, and I'm like, hey, what's going on? Well, because I'm an idiot, and gave them the wrong phone number. I was driving down the street to come to the show. What I didn't touch a single button on my car, and the hazard lights on my truck came on. 
and would not turn off no matter what I did. How many times I pushed the button? Nothing. No, there was no warning light. Everything ran fine. Nothing just wouldn't turn off, which of course made me look like an idiot driving down the street with hazards. On the other hand, everybody did clear the road. So, I mean, I got here pretty fast in record time. So I guess there's a positive to that. Uh, I jump on the Peloton for the workout this morning and I get text from Aaron and Anna. Hey, the power's out at the building. Originally, it was just our own building, correct? Originally. That's what it looked like. Yeah. yeah. Originally, the power went out in our own building. In the, uh, that's it. In all of the city of Des Moines, the power went out in our own building during the time Aaron's putting the montage and everything else together. We've been in this building since 2015. Aaron, I think you've been here with us in this building since 2016, right? No, 2015. Yeah, late 2015. So you were here when we... Mm-hmm. Okay. How many times has the power ever gone out on us in this building getting ready for the show? Non-duratio? I, I can't... I Maybe maybe once or twice. And we have no duratio. Yeah. In fact, we have unseasonably warm weather yeah. for this time of year happening. There, There's no explanation for why the power went out. Um. Then... When the power came back on, you had a technical malfunction that has occurred exactly how many times since we've been in this studio? Zero times. Zero times. Never happened before. All right. And so power was out for over an hour and then it comes back and we're already behind. Then you have this technical malfunction that had never happened before. That took another 30 minutes, right? I mean, this is the kind of stuff that happens when you are set to do what we are going to do in the second hour of today's show. It has been a long, strange trip (laughs) to get to this point, Uh, and I'll get into some of it next hour as well. What has gone on today um, to even bring you a show, to even get on the air? We still don't even have everything back up. I mean, we have screens that are out and everything else. Okay. I mean, it's it's 50 degrees on, on Valentine's Day, guys. We had the windows open in Iowa over the weekend. There is no reason for this to be occurring except really for one. And there has been these kinds of challenges and trials that have gone on for over two years to bring the movie and the story of what has happened to America and the movie to bring the movie nefarious to you. We did not intend for us to take two plus years making a 94 minute film. Um, It's just that's the Rubicon that we had to go through uh, when the devil doesn't want movies like this to be made and to be released. But in the next hour of the show, you are going to get an exclusive first look at the trailer for Nefarious. You will get an exclusive first look at the official poster of the movie Nefarious. This audience, as a way of saying thank you for how many years and months you have put up with me now, kvetching about this film, teasing this film, then not delivering. It is only fair that you guys get first dibs here on the wedding night. You guys are, you are going to get the first, no one else in the world outside of just our own individual group has been privy to what you are about to see. You're going to see this stuff before it goes live globally, uh, which will be in the next 24 hours. Uh, Marketing for Nefarious. It's a 60-day blitz. Why is it 60 days? Because I can tell you officially, Nefarious will be released in theaters nationwide on April the 14th, 60 days from today. Two months. 
So Nefarious Nationwide in theaters on April 14th. And if you're emailing my, me right now to say it's actually 57 days because there's 28 days in February, stop or I'll hurt you hey, and get a life. Okay. You know what I mean? So the Blitz to bring the world nefarious has officially begun and it'll begin with all of you as you get the first look at the trailer. In fact, this actually, the trailer is done, but it's not done, done. It's missing a tag at the end. It's got uh, a little still of the, uh, the editing graphics in it, but what you're going to see today will be 99% of what you'll be seeing in theaters nationwide here in the coming weeks. Uh, and you'll be seeing on social media and everything else. So we are going to devote the second hour of this program, most of it. Uh, well, actually, with the stuff that Anastasia usually brings us, that's pretty much shining a light on the demonic as well. All right, so we are going to shine a light in and upon the darkness in this second hour. You don't want to miss. I cannot wait to show you what we're about to show you. And you are going to play a very special role. This is why we're showing you first. The audience of this show and audiences of shows like this are going to play, we hope, a very special role in the potential impact that this film can have. And we'll get much more into that in the second hour of the program. So, of course, there's nothing going on today. There, there is nothing that the enemy would want to keep you from knowing or watching or hearing about or seeing today at all which is why we've had upteen problems all day long, and it's not even noon here locally. So how did I end up? Remember when I was reasonable, Todd? Remember Godwin's Law, how we used to strictly enforce that, okay? The idea that if two people argue long enough, they will eventually descend into calling the other a Nazi or, a, or making a Nazi reference, yes. right? I used to, like, strictly enforce that, okay? Like, well, that was, like, one of the rules in the show. You can't take the Lord's name in vain. That's, like, my number one rule. My number two rule is don't lie to the audience. Doesn't mean that I have to think what you're saying is true, but don't intentionally try to deceive my audience. And like the third law was Godwin's law. And I mean, I would, I would interrupt guests. Now we don't, we're not doing Nazi references. I have a book out today with the ultimate Nazi reference rise of the fourth Reich. How did this happen? What happened to me? What, what happened to the guy that used to get calls to give the conservative slant on things from the New York Times and MSNBC and CNN. And I don't get those calls very often anymore. What, what happened to me the past few years? Well, that is the subject of Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by why did Steve change on this very special Valentine's Day, especially considering all the events surrounding one Steve Dace? It's time to answer a burning question. Why did Steve change? That's a question a lot of people have asked him over the last few years. Why is he one of them now? Why is there a noose on set? Why is he writing a book calling for another Nuremberg? Why is he releasing a movie about demonic possession? Why have you changed, Steve? Well, let's count the reasons. Steve, what happened to you? Well, remember when they totally made up rape accusations against a Supreme Court nominee? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they totally made up a Russian P-tape and Russian collusion? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they lied and said one of the biggest tax cuts in American history was actually a tax increase? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when the southern border became an open sea for human traffickers and drug cartels and like they never cared or denied it? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they tried to make a slimy grifter, a lawyer, a national thing, and he's in prison now? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they 
lied about Hunter Biden's laptop, to the point over 50 former intelligence operatives claimed it was a foreign op and they knew it was true all along. Steve, what happened to you? Remember the mostly peaceful riots of 2020? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they suddenly pretended Sweden didn't exist after demanding for decades we become more like them? Steve, what happened to you? Remember 15 days to flatten the curve and 30 days to slow the spread? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they called it, don't say gay, and the word gay wasn't even in the legislation? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they told you you wouldn't spread the virus walking one way down the aisles at massive big box stores, but you'd absolutely spread it at a small business so you were non-essential? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they banned you from every major social media platform unless you parroted the fable of the virus came naturally from bats that nest 900 kilometers from the nearest Wuhan wet market when Wuhan has multiple biological labs? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they took hydroxychloroquine that had been FDA approved for decades and ivermectin, which won a Nobel Prize in 2015 and called them dangerous and horse paced during a deadly pandemic with no alternative protocol for six months? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they offered up a protocol and tried to kill all treatments of a respiratory virus until they came up with a failed drug with a black box warning that doesn't work but does cause your kidneys to stop working too? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they cared more about protecting Ukraine's borders and airspace than our own? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they funded, promoted, and protected manufacturers of that toxic experimental treatment that doesn't work but then also demanded that you risk taking it into your body to get it to work? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when we were lectured by multimillionaire celebrities and athletes about racism as 10,000 small businesses were permanently lost and inflation reached record highs? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they nominated a woman for the Supreme Court who couldn't answer what a woman was? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they planted creeper drag pedos in public libraries to drag their hairy nutsacks across our kids' face and then twerk for them? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they sold your farmland to China, let China corner the market on medicine production and many other valuable goods but claimed you were a domestic terrorist for holding your school board accountable? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they blacked out windows and or boarded them up as they counted votes for days after the election until they magically and barely kept getting the numbers they needed to win, but you were a conspiracy theorist for questioning that? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they tried to start a nuclear war with Russia over a country most Americans can't find on a map? That is a large contingent of population that wants to be Russian simply because they launder much of their grift through it? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they promoted a walking VAERS report to the U.S. Senate with even worse motor function than Joe Biden while also denying the latter has dementia as they promoted him for president of the United States? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they denied 90 years of research and science as well as ongoing real-time data that said cloth masks don't stop respiratory viruses but made it the ultimate symbol of compliance to the state anyway? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they knew in advance how toxic their jabs were and put it in writing but then tried to make it that you couldn't see that documentation for 75 years? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when it was a conspiracy theory that the toxic spike protein doesn't stay in your arm as they claimed? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when nobody got criminally prosecuted for ordering the mass murdering of people in nursing homes? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when you had to buy an electric car you can't afford and can't charge and can't use as much? But they got to fly private whenever they wanted to. Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they used agitprop like Greta Thunberg to supposedly save the environment, but then she somehow never managed to protest in China, the worst polluter in the world by far? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they told you it was fine to leave your home during a deadly pandemic to riot or have a gay orgy, but everybody had to stay home because they'd spread the virus? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they went from safe, legal, and rare to shout your abortion and even kill the live babies who managed to somehow survive? Steve, what happened to you? 
you. Remember when love is love meant bake the cake, big it in like 10 minutes, just as we warned, but you denied? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when the dude who finished in 462nd place against other dudes swimming suddenly decided he was a woman and won two national championships, and that was called science? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they turned the schools into central hubs for distributors of pedo-groomer porn? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they just totally ignored died suddenly? Remember when vitamin D deficiency was the number one marker for severe COVID infection, but they told you to stay inside all spring and summer instead? That's why there's a noose on set, and that's what happened while we were away. That's how we got here. That's, that's, well, that's how I ended up here. I got into this business thinking that <laughs> naively, can you, you've, you coined the phrase invincible ignorance. Can you be naively arrogant? <laughs> can that happen? Those two things typically are yes. in contrast. Okay. For sure. But I was, my naive arrogance was that I had maybe a level of unique giftedness in this area that I could get an objective hearing in the broader culture if I would fairly adjudicate equitably my belief system rather than permitting it to be tarnished and uh, retconned into a partisan um, cudgel, right? That's that was kind of my working thesis when I got into this originally. Yeah, you were Harvard Dent. You thought we could be decent men in a decent time, in in, in decent time. Yes, Um, and now I um, I I openly talk about demonic influences on my show on a daily basis. Fuse that into my own, um, you know, analysis of the day's events. We've talked. We've used phrases like the spirit of the age, demonic. You Cold got your anti-vax tramp stamp, which you know yeah, I love. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it, it's in the end. I thought, I thought it, I thought it was possible to be a white knight, and in the end, it became obvious that what we need to be in this day and age are dark knights. There's, there are lines we will not, there, a, a line or lines we won't cross, right? Because like for Batman, not to kill, because that makes me exactly like what I claim I'm against. Anything short of that line, though, anything short of that line, that crossing it is a defiance and a denial of my basic integrity as a human, as a believer, Anything short of that, though, and the gloves are off, anything short of that, anything short of that, and we go to the mattresses, that's not what I thought I was going to be doing and what I thought I would turn into when we started doing this. But the last few years of everything that Aaron just itemized, which is, we could, that could have gone on. That could have been longer. But that, that is essentially a summation of the last few years, which made it very clear that there can be no form of traditional justice in, in Gotham. That the, the, it's a forsaken land. And this is going to require a, uh, um, a different level of confrontation, we'll call it, Todd. Yeah, speaking of that naive arrogance, I, 
I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think we were all, myself included, we were all a little bit like uh, Francis Fukuyama. We were at the end of history. E- even as Christians who should know better, we, we, you call it, uh, you call it, um, uh, your ugly American thing, but we, we, we really thought we had kind of put Western civilization on cruise control and individuals sure were sinners, but culturally speaking, look at, these are the halcyon days. Who's mm-hmm. going to mess with this? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, now Steve wrote a book and has a movie coming out that you're going to get a first glimpse of today. Who would mess with this? Who wanted to mess with this more than anything he's ever messed with? We 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 got soft, we got sloppy, we got comfortable, and we had no right to be. And now we got to go to work. When we get when we delve deeper into nefarious next hour, I've got I've got stories to tell you of what you just. I'm going to itemize for the audience what you just described and the cool thing is though the cool thing is though that the spiritual warfare when we hear things like that we have a tendency to only see them one way and God is good all the time and all the time God is good because while these things were going on with the film, the things that God did to make this film possible, the doors that were opened, um, and the opportunities that just made themselves available, um, way beyond what we had the resources to make happen on our own. I had when I when I started in this business, I I, I've, I think I mentioned when they had the whole Daily Wire, Stephen Crowder controversy that I'd never met Stephen Crowder in person before, even though we worked together, uh, at least for the same network since 2015. Him and I did have a conversation once privately over DM on Twitter. He approached me. We were both actually going into independent distribution at the same time. And he wanted to know what I was looking at doing. And he was talking to some other people that were looking at doing it at the same time. And it, kind of the choice was, planting a flag on an outlet like a YouTube or going through traditional distribution mechanisms. And while I thought that eventually we'd all be on outlets like that, I didn't think the public yet was ready to acquire our content via that distribution model. He did. Who ended up making the right choice there? Um, The other Steve, (laughs) he was right and I was wrong. All right. Uh, Because he got into YouTube and everything before all the censorship began. And as it was becoming the second largest search engine in the world. Right. And you saw him become one of the biggest names in our entire industry because he correctly, to his credit, Stephen correctly calculated, um, you know, the right time to go ahead and get off the Titanic now and grab a lifeboat. And I thought we were still a ways before we were going to sink and not to do that. And so we went with more of a traditional distribution model instead and the growth of of this program on top of the limitations I bring to the table because of my stubbornness in a lot of areas and unwillingness to play ball with people that uh, I don't think I think we should actually strike out instead of play ball with um it took it was a much longer road to get to this path and destination we are at now with our show but along the way there you know, even though I made the wrong choice there, I should have done what Crowder did. 
Um, but I made the wrong choice there, even there. Um, people like Stu Epperson Jr., who's the son of the founder and chairman of Salem Broadcasting, the largest Christian media company on the continent. Just, I, I didn't know who Stu Epperson Jr. was. He just called me out of the blue one day, said, hey, we want to talk to you. I said, okay. I mean, so it has, it has, it, the spiritual warfare doesn't just work one way. We often think of it that way. But, you know, the light is up here, guys. And then it is space bar, space bar, space bar. A whole lot of space bars. And then there's the darkness. I think that sometimes, and, and dude, I got so frustrated with everything hitting the fan right as we were about to go on the air here. I did something I don't typically do. I'm typically the suck it up and let's go guy. And I looked at you, Todd, and I'm like, I think I just want to go back home and go to, go to bed. Okay? And... You basically pimp, pimp uh, slap me in the spirit, of course, in the spirit, of course. All right. You know, and I needed to hear that. Okay. Because we often only look at these challenges when we, when we step into the breach, when we stand in the gap, the enemy isn't like, oh, that's adorable. Look at, look at those homo sapiens go. Aren't they just cute? Now I, now I know what our creator was thinking when he made these uh, things. They've got much more potential than I ever thought. Let's just stand back and see if they realize it. Is that how it goes? No. 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 Doesn't go like that at all. Okay. Not at all. Um, and, and I think that we sometimes forget that the darkness is formidable, but that we are representatives and ambassadors of the most formidable force in the cosmos. And we look at times, even me, I'm like, I want to go back home and go to bed. I got whiny. What in those moments, though, if, if we just manage in faith to persevere and say, I have no idea how this is going to turn out, and it might not even turn out well, I'm just not going to quit. God is almost never early. But he is never late. And he looks for moments like these to show up and to make things happen. Because in the end, then, who gets the credit for it? He does. So I hope that that is some encouragement to you. I know the book calls for tribunals and executions, but it it is written to be encouraging, to encourage you to confront. But then there are solutions. There are positive solutions as well. These and and these aren't things that are not achievable. That 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 are like some super strategy that couldn't happen. We can do these things with conviction and persistence and perseverance. We can do those things. When it came to the making of nefarious, the, there was, there were, there were several occasions I didn't think we were going to get the the movie made. I was convinced my company had lost millions of dollars. But then, as it says in the scriptures, a lot, but God. So, I hope that, despite the serious subject matter that we talk about on this show daily, and we will be discussing here today. I hope we begin by encouraging you. Naomi Wolf is going to join us. She has been an absolute warrior 
for the last couple of years. Stay tuned. I mean, looking at the time and everything else. Wouldn't you know it? I just got Skype reinstalled. Did you? Yeah. Okay. So there, we got technical issues on Naomi's N2. <laughs> you can only laugh at this point. Todd's over here literally doing pro sprints trying to make uh, this happen today. So. I think we have her. Do we have her? All right. Yes. Hi. I apologize. No, I it's know. not you, Naomi. Believe well, me. Bye. We have had. Well, we have had a day here, so it, we're just glad that we were able to connect with you at all. So, Dr. Naomi Wolf, thank you for rejoining the Steve Day Show. And, and again, from the beginning, you have been an absolute warrior uh, during this last three-year ordeal. So before we get started with the conversation, I just wanted to make sure uh, to note that for the audience. And thank you uh, for what you, have de- what you have done, man, to stand in the gap for the last few years. Thank you very much. That's really kind of you. Well, you too have been an absolute warrior. So that's that's two of us <laughs> exhausted warriors. But I appreciate that very much. I appreciate your kind words. Thank you. We wanted to bring you on, Naomi, because uh, just a couple of weeks ago, you announced a partnering effort with Steve Bannon over at the War Room. And whenever I, by the way, you should know, whenever I'm on other shows and I talk about how the last few years have created maybe the most unique coalition in American history, my go-to example to quantify that is always Naomi Wolf and Steve Bannon, okay, working together, right? That's always my go-to. Uh, but you guys have, uh, you guys are volunteer combining forces to publish an ebook on your Daily Clout website uh, with the Pfizer documents. Tell us more about that, please. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's actually published. Um, it's a miracle. And it's also really an historic document, if I may say. And it's, uh, you can get it at dailycloud.io, but also on Kindle, on Amazon, where it's been in the top 10 or 20 for since the minute it was published. And what this is, is um, 50 reports uh, written for the ordinary reader um, by 3,500 experts uh, who came together at, you know, when I put out the call on Mr. Bannon's show um, to, to, who have, have uh, joined together from around the world to read and explain and interpret the Pfizer documents for absolutely anyone. And what these are, many people may not yet know, many people already do know, um, a court order subsequent to a lawsuit by lawyer Aaron Siri uh, led to the court forcing um, the FDA to release 55,000 documents a month um, that they had received from Pfizer about Pfizer's internal trials regarding the mRNA injection. And um, the FDA so much didn't want to do this that it asked the court to, uh, to, to withhold the documents for 75 years. In other words, until after we're all gone, but the court said no and compelled the release of these documents. So the documents, you know, I was worried as a journalist that they, they would be too voluminous and also too technical for people to understand the importance and it would all be memory hold. But these amazing volunteers who range from RNs and physicians to biostatisticians, medical fraud investigators, lab clinicians, research scientists, biological scientists, um, you know, pathologists, cardiologists, professors of, you know, cardiology, uh, people, you know, experts from across medical and technical fields, medical and scientific fields, have united. And Amy Kelly, this amazing um, formerly project director, now our COO, uh, has 
in ways that I can even understand managerially, organized these 3,500 experts into six teams, and they've produced these reports. And the reason you should care and everyone should run out and download them, buy them on Amazon and read them and send them to your loved ones, and we are actually having a paperback book in about two weeks um, that you can drop on the desk of your doctor or send to your elected official, um, these do document, unfortunately, what what was hidden in the pledge document, the greatest crime against humanity hmm. ever. And, and that is a conservative statement. Wow. Let's let's get a couple of disclaimers out of the way right away, just to make sure we're being as fair as we possibly can be and probably more fair than they actually deserve. Is there any benign, innocent explanation, <clears throat> pardon, pardon me, for why they wouldn't want this information out there? None whatsoever. <clears throat> so then that leads to the other question I have. Pardon me. Did they, mm-hmm. is, there, is there any possibility that they didn't know in advance what the dangers were they were about to unleash upon us before they unleashed them? So you're asking exactly the right question, Steve. Um, you know, of the shocking headlines that our volunteers have found, the shocking um, uh, truth documented in these reports, the number one is that they, they knew within a month, by November of 2020, that the vaccines did not work to stop COVID. Um, the third most common side effect of the injection in the Pfizer documents is COVID. And by one month after the post-marketing rollout, when already the spokespeople were saying, you know, line up, get get injected, get injected, um, and this massive PR campaign was being unleashed across the country, 2020, right? Um, they knew that there was what they called uh, vaccine failure and failure of efficacy. So they knew it didn't work. Um, but that's the least of it. Uh, you know, at that point, an ethical FDA doing its job or an ethical organization would say, you know what, these, these don't work. Back to the drawing board. Let's recall them. But that's not the worst of it. The worst is that they knew things like um, within three months that they needed to hire 2,400 full-time staffers to deal with the flood of reports of adverse mm. events that they had already and that they knew they would continue to receive. They knew by May of 2021 that 35 minors' hearts were damaged a, a week after injection, and they didn't, they didn't stop, and, and the FDA knew, and they didn't stop. And in fact, that the next four months saw a huge push to vaccinate teenagers. And it wasn't until August of 2021 that the government issued a low-key advisory about a heightened risk of myocarditis, calling it extremely rare. Hmm. Um, but they knew they'd injured 35 kids, and, and myocarditis you know, leads to death uh, in many cases or, or just a debility for the rest of your life in, in, in most cases. Um, they knew that 61 people died of stroke. Uh, with, and half of the stroke adverse events were within 48 hours. They knew that five people sustained liver damage, and again, half of the liver damage events were within 48 hours. They knew that the um, lipid nanoparticles uh, and the spike protein, they said and swore, and the spokespeople swore that it stays in the injection site. It doesn't. They knew, and we've got a blistering report about this by Dr. Robert Chandler, very respected um, sports physician treated the Angels and the Lakers, uh, one of our key uh, experts. Their own documents show that it leaves the injection site within 48 hours. It distributes, by distributes to every organ in the body, accumulating in the brain, wow. the spleen, 
upper the adrenals and it's your female ovaries. And what's really scary, well, it's all scary. He describes this as like the lipid nanoparticles are like a gunshot, you know, or like, mm. or like um, a shotgun, I should say, a blast in the sense that they go everywhere. Um, but what you do see is that, you know, this chart goes up to the right for 48 hours um, of bioaccumulation. And then you've got to understand that with the next injection, and you start with two, more of this material accumulates in these organs. And we haven't seen any mechanism whereby it leaves the body, right? They were saying, oh, you know, it gets digested, it gets excreted, you know, oh, the body takes care of it, the body gets rid of it. No evidence of that. So, you know, I'll skip ahead a little, but you know that I was deplatformed. 14 months ago for warning that there were early reports of women having menstrual problems mm-hmm. subsequently. Mm-hmm. And I packed and smeared globally, and it turns out this was in coordination between Twitter and the CDC and the White House. Leaving that aside, Pfizer knew that this was happening to women, and they knew that they were packing women's ovaries with lipid nanoparticles, um, which uh, it cause inflammation and lead to menstrual dysregulation as well as fertility problems. And lipid nanoparticles are an industrial fat. They're designed to cross every membrane in the human body. And in this case, they're covered with polyethylene glycol, which is a petroleum byproduct, right? So they knew they were damaging women's fertility. Hmm. I'm going to skip ahead of, of many other horrors, but I want to get to what is, to me, kind of the key thing, the key, it appears to be the key reason for this mass mass injection campaign. There's no way to read these experiments as anything but highly intentional and, and really the goal of what Pfizer is doing. But in the Pfizer documents, there's a 360-degree attack on human reproduction. And they, they knew it, like it's experiment after experiment, showing that the lipid nanoparticles traverse the placenta and, um, and, and weaken the placenta. And in fact, we're having many reports of, you know, spontaneous abortions, miscarriages, a 13 to 20 percent drop in live births around the world. And this, this shows why, because the placenta develops calcifications um, and, and structural weakness from the lipid nanoparticles traversing them. Um, they, the lipid nanoparticles degrade the testes of not just men, but boys and little baby boys in utero. Um, so that they're also degrading the Sertoli cells and Leydig cells, which is how little boys turn into men, right, into adult, you know, func- mm-hmm. sexually functioning men later in life. Um, so we don't even know if the babies of vaccinated women, if the baby boys are going to be able to to reproduce successfully. Um, we know that, um, and, and Pfizer knew that the lipid nanoparticles and the mRNA uh, uh, degrade the uh, sperm count and sperm motility. But again, going back to women, um, you know, Pfizer has this horrific chart of like 30 different horrible things that happened to the menses of the women that, you know, that they were studying um, from two periods a month to bleeding every day, all day, always to no periods all, meaning, of course, you can't get pregnant, um, to, you know, the onset of menarche for 10-year-old girls after getting injected to postmenopausal women, you know, bleeding, you know, clotting, like I don't even want to describe, hemorrhaging, all of this is in the Pfizer documents. They knew, and they also knew that the lipid nanoparticles and the polyethylene glycol um, goes into breast milk. And poisons breast milk of lactating vaccinated women with newborn babies, and so they knew that um, 
the breast milk of vaccinated women, four of them turned blue-green. The breast milk turned blue-green in the Pfizer documents, and one baby, and the babies were going into convulsions, um, having agitation, sleeplessness. Uh, one poor baby um, had convulsions and died in the ER of multi-organ system failure from nursing the milk of a vaccinated the vaccinated mom with this petroleum product in it. And we're seeing this across the board. Um, and I'll just go back to, you know, this baby die off we're seeing around the world. There's one horrific section in the Pfizer documents where, um, well, this is chilling. Pfizer defines exposure to the vaccine as including skin contact, inhalation, and sexual intercourse. And specifically, they warn vaccinated men, and I'm really sorry if you're a vaccinated man out there listening, but I think it's better to know. Um, they warn the vaccinated men in their study not to have intercourse with childbearing age women, and if they do, to use two reliable forms of contraception. Um, and they define exposure as um, sexual intercourse, especially at the moment of conception. Hmm. None, they excluded <clears throat> pregnant women from trials. Nonetheless, 270 women got pregnant. Instead of following them to the conclusion of their pregnancy, which is what you're supposed to do legally, they um, lost the records of 234 of these pregnant women. Of the 36 whose records they followed to the end, over 80% of them lost their babies. Oh, my gosh. We are, we are down to one minute left. I want to make sure, Naomi, give out how people can get this information into their hands themselves before we run out of time, please. Yes, please go, because we're being totally suppressed by legacy media. Please go to Amazon and look up War Room Daily Clout Pfizer Documents Research Analysis, and please order it. Give it to your loved ones. We really need to get the word out urgently. It's making a difference, but we do need people to share this hand-to-hand. And you can also go to our website, dailyclout.io, and download a PDF um, and you know, either way, whichever way you prefer to read. And in two weeks, we'll have a paperback, which will also be on Amazon. We will do our best to help you guys get the word out. That's incredible work that you and that team that you described has done. <clears throat> really a service to humanity kind of stuff. I don't want to understate it at all. So, Naomi, thank you so much and uh, appreciate you and what you have done here the last few years. Please keep doing it. I appreciate you very much. We're, we're, we're fighting the good fight, but it does take all of us. Thank you so much for having me on. You bet. Take Amen. Care. Thank you. Thank you. Todd, every time I think contemplate calls for Nuremberg-like trials and Nuremberg-like punishments, are we sure it's not an embellishment? Are we sure it's not a reckless rhetorical flourish? Once and for all, after that last 10-minute incredible monologue by Naomi Wolf, I am 10,000% metaphysically certain. It we, doesn't go too far. We talk about death of the West. That's death of civilization yeah, stuff right there. That's Soylent Green as people kind of stuff is yes. what that is. That's a depopulation scheme is what that is. 